gonna be just like senior year, except for funner. Hey guys, I'm Kendra. Hi, I'm Mercedes, and this week we're talking about a movie that has its roots in fan fiction, The Kissing Booth. The Kissing Booth! But first, Mercedes, before we get started, before we get into it, we gotta talk about our celebrity crush of the week. Who are you crushing on this week? Oh my god. Okay, so I watched the new movie on Hulu, Not Okay. No, you did! Yes. Oh! Better than I thought it was gonna be, but still, like, I don't know, like, influencer culture in film is cringe. Mm -hmm. But I think it's good, and it was, like, it's, like, fun to talk about afterwards with, like, friends. Mm -hmm. Dylan O'Brien plays this, like, douchebag, like, total, like, peak Gen Z annoying boy. And Mm -hmm. I'm, I have the, like, he can't, he can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, once he's, like, in public again, I'm like, yep, my crush is back. Like, it's, I've been here since 2011. Like, I've, oh, I'll be in love with you forever. (laughs) Can I just say one thing about Dylan O'Brien? I have this superpower where I can predict, like, certain actors' careers. I've always been able to see the depth of actors in in a way that, like, I feel like Hollywood hasn't. Like, I called that Robert Pattinson was a good actor back during his Water for Elephants days. Like, I was like, he's a good actor. He's back then. So, remember watching Teen Wolf and Dylan O'Brien played Styles, and I was just thinking, like, this guy is so much better than Tyler Posey, who's the main freaking character. Like, he's gonna blow up. He's an American assassin, so he could do, like, action he can do like sci-fi he did love and monsters um he he's he's so good he's so well-rounded i love him so much i feel like he's kind of on this binge of playing cringe characters though right because he mm-hmm. was just in taylor swift's music video where yeah. he was not a good guy and now he's like another like super cringy person but the thing is i followed this movie on tiktok because their tiktoks were so good oh they were like, so good they yeah. were so good so i'm i'm really excited to see it i didn't know that it came out already so i'm going to go watch it probably this weekend yeah if it, you are like into like if you're very internet savvy you're gonna like get all the references like caroline calloway's in it and like just all those like internet people that you're like okay this is niche but i love it (laughs) yeah i love dylan o'brien shout out to him this also this tiktoker made this video about all of the people that selena gomez should be dating and dylan o'brien was one of them and like i totally see it i could see it but i don't want him with anyone else but me so (laughs) i feel that i'm greedy with him too i'm like no yeah yeah he's me (laughs) it's so funny Uh, here's the thing Dylan O'Brien, Dermot Kennedy, Henning Mai would always be my celebrity crushes of the week. But this <laughs> week, season two of Industry premiered on HBO Max. And I have to say, Harry Lottie, who plays Rob, is so... Mercedes, have you seen the show? Have you I seen- haven't watched Industry. It's been on my list. I need to watch it. It's probably like the only HBO Max show I haven't watched yet. Yeah, it's like, I'm trying to think if it's good. It's interesting. But Harry Lottie in it is so fine. Is so fine. So he's my celebrity crush this week. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move over into the TLDR. We like to summarize the movie for anyone who has not seen it. Warning, there are spoilers ahead. If you have not seen this movie, you can stream it on Netflix. So Elle, played by Joey King, and Lee, played by Joel Courtney, have been best friends since birth. And I mean, like, literally since birth. They were born the same day at the same time due to their mothers being best friends. And they've spent their entire lives doing everything together. Finally hitting junior year of high school, Lee and Elle are tasked with coming up with an idea for the school's carnival fundraiser. Thus, the kissing booth is born. In order for the idea to fly, though, they're going to need the help of Lee's super hot older brother, Flynn, played by Jacob E. Lordy. Elle has always had a crush on Flynn, and he's starting to notice her more now, too. Tensions start to rise when Elle is accidentally forced to do the booth and shares her very first kiss with Flynn. Because Elle and Lee have all of these friendship rules, she's forbidden to date or do anything with Flynn. But that lasts a short while when Flynn starts to have feelings for her, too. Unfortunately, Ellen Lee's friendship take a turn for the worse when Lee finds them kissing at his house. 
Lee and Lee get into a fight and he and Elle stop speaking all together. Elle is heartbroken that she has to choose between her best friend and the boy she's in love with. She soon makes up for it with Lee, though, and makes it very clear that she should be able to love who she wants and needs him to be supportive or they can no longer be friends. The night before Flynn is meant to leave for Harvard, Elle confesses her true feelings and Lee gives them his blessings. All's well that ends well. That is, at least until college. <laughs> this is a 2018 film written and directed by Vince Marcella, who also wrote and directed the subsequent sequels. And yes, they're a plural. I had no idea there was a third movie to this. There is the Kissing Booth 3. <laughs> a tr- whole, whole trilogy. A whole trilogy. <laughs> but I'm curious, what are some of your favorite facts from this movie, Mercedes? So... This was actually originally a Wattpad story. If you're not familiar with the website Wattpad, it's a popular fan fiction website. And this isn't actually fan fiction. It's an original story. And it was written by Beth Regals, who was 15 when she originally published it in 2010. I was chronically online at the time. I loosely engaged with Wattpad just because of my One Direction past. (laughs) So... I was very much aware of this story because it was one of the most popular ones. It had more than 40 million hits before Penguin Random House published it as an actual book. And then from there, Marcello adapted it into the screenplay and then directed it. And there are elements of this that I'm like, yeah, this feels like it was copy and pasted from a Wattpad. (laughs) (laughs) There's, There's elements of it that you're just like... I know this <laughs> and I feel it. It's familiar to me and not in a good way. <laughs> so funny. You know, although Jacob plays Joel Courtney's older brother, he's actually a year younger than Joel, which blows my mind because I'm over here thinking Jacob Courtney is like 32. He's 25. He's just so tall. <laughs> he's just so tall. He's so, like, so tall. His cheeks have muscles. Like his whole his whole body is yeah. muscles. Like built. Oh my god. Yeah. He's just like he's just like a wall. Like I don't know how else to describe him. His eyelids have muscles. Like I think I would be afraid if I saw him in public because it just like based on the things I've seen him in, his acting, he's always like violent. So I would be scared. I'm happy you brought that up actually, because I wanna ask you, Mercedes, which Jacoby Lordy, if you had to choose. Do you prefer? Do you prefer Noah and the oh. Kissing Booth or Nate and Euphoria? That's the worst question. I know. It's, it's so... the worst question ever, and I'm making you answer it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even... I guess this guy. Like, he's <laughs> not, like, m- basically murdering people. I don't know. <laughs> Like, Nate Jacobs is evil. <laughs> but I hate his hair in this movie. I'm like, please, what is this? Is this a wig? It's pretty bad. It's like 2006 <laughs> punker side sweep thing. Yes. <laughs> Sleeping with Siren's hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So this movie was largely inspired by The Breakfast Club, which is awesome because the irony is that Molly Ringwald, who stars in The Breakfast Club, also plays Lee and Flynn's mom. Love Molly Ringwald. Obsessed with her. Shout Molly Ringwald. Anytime I see her in anything, I'm like, what are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> I like that she's still going, though, you know? Like, she's still I love it. It makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, and, of course, everyone knows from watching this movie, this is where Joey King and Jacob E. Lordy met on set, and they dated for a year. So. That height difference. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Crazy. Ripped to that relationship. Um. Okay. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move over to Time Capsule Mercedes, and i just like to recap where we were, what we were doing when this movie came out. And I just feel like everyone, everyone at work was talking about this movie. And I just remember hearing it everywhere and how great it was, because this was kind of during the time of, like, Netflix killing it with rom-coms. They had, like, All the Boys I've Loved Before. They had, like, 
um, what's that one with um, the girl from Stranger Things? And she's, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Oh, um, another one with Noah Centineo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Another Noah Centineo one where he, yeah. Okay. He was in like 18 of them, I swear. <laughs> and now we haven't seen him in a minute. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. So I always say I like miss when that when the first of all the boys came out and like I didn't know anything about Noah Centineo. Yeah. And like he was just like sweet and cute. <laughs> uh, I feel like I was for sure thought he was gonna be like our it boy. And I feel like his run lasted like a very it fast. It was very fast. It makes me sad. Like not to say that he's burnt out now, but like we just haven't no. seen him. Like we were yeah. seeing him. What were you doing? Do you remember the first time you watched this? Where were you? Where were you? Oh my gosh. So I've attempted to watch this a couple times. Mm-hmm. And this is actually the first time I've watched it the whole way through. I've fallen asleep other times while watching. And which doesn't happen to me often, ever, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Uh so I guess this is my first completed watch. And yeah. I will <laughs> say I remember the very first time I ever fell asleep on a movie. Um, I was so stunned. I was at the Cannes Film Festival in France, and the premiere the premiere movie was Moonrise Kingdom by Wes Anderson. We were in the Lumiere Theater, which is like a very like very famous theater, iconic, iconic. That was the first time I ever fell asleep to a movie. I could I cannot stand Wes Anderson. <laughs> You've you've mentioned this, and every time I'm left shocked. I know, I know. Of all the times to fall asleep during a movie, it's that time. But that will scar me forever, Mercedes. I will never get over that. It will scar me forever. Um, <laughs> do you remember what else you were doing? Okay, well, you for you you just watched this like the first time. Yeah. Okay. This came out in May 2018, May 11th, 2018, famously known as my half birthday, and also the day I graduated college. Yeah. I got my undergrad degree this day. I remember it. It was a Friday. And it was very sunny and very warm. And I was a double major. And my, my both my departmental ceremonies were at the same time. And I was so upset because I wanted to go to both. But I had yeah. to pick. I picked my <laughs> communications one. <laughs> you know what's funny? Yeah, this movie came out in May 2018. I was gone almost that entire month. That was my third solo travel trip that I'd ever taken. Oh I went gosh. to Ireland, Scotland, England, and Mexico. So I was only home for like maybe a few days and then I and then I left again. But uh it's I the, love that. Yeah. I just it was the first time I had ever traveled to Ireland. And now it's my favorite country ever. I've been three times. I'm going for a fourth time in September, which I'm so excited. Like in a month, yeah, a month from today, I will be in Ireland and I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. I'm so stoked for you in this trip. <laughs> I cannot wait for the content and the videos all about it. I know, I know, I know. It's going to be good. I'm going to do like a daily vlog. So it's funny too, because also in 10 days, I'm going to be in Germany, like 10 days from today. Yes, I've been very- practicing. You're German. <laughs> yes, I have. You should love it. So that was that was May 2018 for us. <laughs> We're gonna move over to the Robcom Hall of Fame, but of course, we have to roast this movie. And Mercedes, I know you got a lot to say, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you start. Yes, I do. For me, this movie is a roast completely. I did not enjoy it. I did not think it was very good. And I am not stingy when it comes to my taste in movies, anything. I like, I'm not a quality person when it comes to a lot of things. But I just really did not have a good time watching this. Um, For me, it really is regressive and toxic and misogynistic in the way it tells this story. Um, I think it praises hypermasculinity and it really hypersexualizes its leads, especially Joey King. Um, and I just think presenting harm and violence as romantic is problematic. And it's not like this is the first time we've seen it. We've seen it a lot of times before. 
And it especially frustrates me because this was so recent, 2018, and this was geared toward a demographic that's teenagers, specifically Mm -hmm. teen girls, which is a vulnerable demographic, you know? And it also... It's very frustrating because this was, like you said, in like the peak Netflix rom-com time. So this was like really a revival era of the genre. And for this to be part of it frustrates me because it just doesn't feel like this movie respects the genre. Mm. And I think it was thrown together in almost a haphazard way of like, oh, yeah, we want to see romance. Here's romance. But like, Harm and violence is not romance. I don't want to see a hyper-aggressive guy, even if it is Jacob Elordi. And that makes me uncomfortable. And I just think, yeah, like, there's so many movies out there that portray teen romance and young love in a way that's respectful to the teens. And this just doesn't seem to understand young people mm. or and, and understand just, like, what quality chemistry or like I don't know just quality storytelling is yeah I hear you Mercedes I hear you and I respect your opinion I feel like if I'm thinking very specifically about as opposed to like an overall roast like very specific roast to me these kids are so stupidly privileged and like no one is talking about it like it makes me almost want to vomit first of all rich people make me very uncomfortable there are a lot of names of people same, that make you uncomfortable. Rich people make me very uncomfortable, especially when they don't acknowledge, not that they don't acknowledge, but they don't like appreciate the fact that they're freaking rich. Like it just goes over their head. There's yeah, like, or there's just like complete disregard. Mm-hmm, exactly. Live, yeah. Like why do like Flynn and Lee live in a house like that? It looks like a freaking tech CEO should live there. And it's just, it's yeah. ridiculous. They all go to this private school. And if we're in L.A., it's probably Harvard-Westlake, which is like the fanciest of fancy private schools. And like I looked up the average cost of tuition for private schools in California. It's almost $20,000 per year. $20,000 for your kids to go to school (laughs) in Los Angeles, which, by the way, most kids in Los Angeles have to go to private school if they want actual good education because the public school education is trash here. And everyone kind of knows that. And also, too. These are teenagers. Like, these are teenagers. They're driving around a vintage Mustang and a motorcycle. What kind of parent lets their 17-year-old have a motorcycle as their first car, like, first vehicle? What is that? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I know. It's such a huge eye roll. And every time they jump into that pool from, like, the balcony level, I'm terrified. I'm like, someone's going to crack their head open. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, Like, spinal cord injuries, dude. Like, come on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel like the whole start of Elle's story starts with a sexual assault essentially like tupping like slapping her butt when she's wearing that her her backup skirt and i just feel like this perpetuates the stereotype that sexual like women get sexually assaulted because of what they're wearing and it's their fault if they get sexually assaulted by men and i did i did not like that storyline at all i felt like there could have been a cleaner more succinct way to kind of lead into the storyline of l and flynn starting to get together without him having to stand up for her because of that, you know? Exactly. And there's so many other things. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, there's so many other ways to frame it. And it was just the way that she also, like, accepted, not even really apology, just, like, a, like a note that was like, I'm sorry, and then was like, go on a date with me. Like, yeah. no, I'm not, you're a predator. I'm not going to go on a date with you. That's yeah. disgusting. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> and that, that's one, th- it just frustrates me because, like, that's proof of, like, these men in this movie aren't really apologizing or these teenage boys rather not men and they are just like accepted because 
they show their affection. Like, she's frightened when Noah, like, hits his hand on the car and is like, yes. come with me. She's afraid. And then in the car, he's like, look, I didn't mean to fall for my brother's best friend. And it's like, okay, that's not... You, you, we're not really getting to the root of the problem here or even like yeah. when Elle gets like the cut on her face when she's hanging out with Noah and then immediately Lee is like did you hit her like that is very telling that your yeah. own brother his first assumption is that you hurt her mm -hmm. like that is insane and I don't know it's just like why are we accepting violence even when it comes with like some type of affection I'm sorry we just can't. I agree. I feel like Noah is very low-key slash high-key controlling. It is, that exactly. scene is very frightening. Like, he, I feel like he's always bossing Elle around, too. Like, even when she's in the locker room, she accidentally goes into the guy's locker room to wash the paint off of her. He, like, mm -hmm. grabs her by the arm, like, in a very, like, hard way, like, grabs her by the arm and tries to, like, lead her out. And she's like, no, you're not the boss of me. But, like, he is low-key very controlling. It's scary. It's, it's like, and you're mm -hmm. right. J.K.B. Lordy plays that role so well. It makes you think sometimes, you know? I know. Another you... roast I have is a lot of the critics with this, like this was really criticized when it came out. And a lot of it is putting the blame onto the original fan fiction writer, Recalls, who was a teen when she originally wrote this. And I'm sorry, if I was writing something at 15, it would be very different than a story I would be writing now. And yeah. I'm sure she can say the same. And it's so unfair to entirely blame her when her work was also supported and brought out of the Wattpad sphere into the mainstream media by far more powerful adults with a lot of money. We're seeing, like, this was adapted by an adult man, directed by him. And this was also approved by hundreds of people at Netflix. Netflix was funding this. Like, yeah. why aren't these people putting it to blame? And there's a really good article that analyzes this. It was It's on Bitch Media. Rest in peace. It's not alive anymore, but you can still see it. They have their whole archive up. It's by Rachel Charlene Lewis, and it's called Fan Fiction to Film. The Kissing Booth Brings Misogyny from Wattpad to Netflix. And it's really just analyzing this of, like, why are we putting the blame onto predominantly young women who are writing here? They're cultivating their voice through this site. It's a way to get young creatives to actually create and build community that way, and which is all good. Not saying that, that these stories aren't toxic already. Like, a lot of them are, but that also comes with unlearning a lot of the patriarchy that we've been taught mm -hmm. and also just growing and evolving like your opinions are going to change and yeah so the blame can't all be there even though there is something to analyze there but also like the people who are funding these stories like the fan fiction to movie pipeline is like 50 shades of gray that's an abusive man. Um, if we look at After, that's Harry Styles fan, yes. fan fiction that was an, about an abusive boy. <laughs> like, why are these studios picking up and funding these stories? Like, these specific ones that are about, like, angry men. Mm. That's really my main frustration. I just don't know why it keeps happening. And then people are like, it's fan fiction. It's these girls. These girls are dumb. And it's like, no. There are layers to this. There's so much nuance here. I'm curious, like, what is funneling these, these fantasies? like from people to just be in I'm, I'm wondering if it's almost like the exposure of these violent fan fictions that are causing more like like women to have fantasies about men treating them like that if that is a if that is even a fan i i think it gets muddled into like some type of i don't know desire to be saved but also when you're younger you don't really have the language to correctly it described that and then I think a lot of storylines like that we're really unaware of just that we grew up with have really persistent men even if we look at like the notebook like 
he's a persistent guy. That's a movie I love and that's a story I love. But still, like, there's a lot to critique in these stories that we grew up with that we didn't have the capacity to or like the language to analyze them the way we do now. And I think that gets ingrained in us. And then those stories get regurgitated in certain certain ways. But then we have these professionals like an adult man adapted this. He could have changed whatever he wanted here. And he didn't. This is yeah. I think my last roast is kissing booths are just freaking weird, dude. Like, oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Why was that approved? (laughs) I feel like kissing booths have always just been weird and even more weird after COVID. Right. I'm also of the mindset, too. And, you know, this may be a little conservative of me. Like a a kiss is not a casual thing. Like kissing someone is like not a casual thing. This is my own my own specific opinion. As my favorite character, Brooke in One Tree Hill says, a kiss always means something. And I just feel Brooke. I love Brooke. <laughs> and I just feel like I don't know, just this whole kissing people casually. That's not really cool to me anymore. Like mostly because of COVID, but also too, like that's just not who I choose to be. So I just feel like the whole, oh, let me just let me just make out with you. Like, no, dude. Like I just I like, can't imagine my high school like approving a kissing booth. <laughs> like they'd be like, absolutely not. That's gross. <laughs> if your parents were paying them twenty thousand dollars for you, they would consider it though. These private schools, I yeah, they're just the like private schools. The rich families have like all the say. They hit crazy. different. <laughs> they're like, um, if you want a new library wing next year, you're going to approve my kids' kissing booth. That's like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that's so real. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite quote from this movie, Mercedes? Mine is Molly Ringwald's line when she's comforting Elle, and she says, "You're lucky if you can get even one." really good best friend in your life and you know what she's right Mm. so true it is very true it is very true a lie that just always makes me laugh i don't know why but it's when Elle gets really drunk at the party and noah comes and sweeps her and like picks her up and takes her to her and she's like who is this are you are you a girl princess or a boy princess i don't know why it's not like that but i think it's hilarious So this makes no sense. And, you know, that's another thing. Like, mm-hmm. that line is funny, but there are so many lines where the cast, are, they're laughing, full belly laughing in the movie. And I'm like, where was the joke? Where was it? <laughs> like me, like what I'm doing right now. I, I laugh all the time. Uh, I mean, right. me too. That's why I was like, I'm not laughing at all. Yeah, really? <laughs> Mercedes, okay, I, I know the answer to this, so I'm going to ask you anyways. If this movie popped up on your Tinder feed, are you swiping left or are you swiping right? I'm swiping left. I did not <laughs> enjoy this movie. I honestly think it disrespects the genre, and I am very protective over the genre, as you are too. We love this genre. And I don't know, I have an appreciation for bad movies, but this isn't just necessarily bad. It's just disregard for quality storytelling i think this screenplay really just like soaked in its own mediocrity here and i was counting down the minutes from the beginning like it just it irritates me that studios fund projects like this because i don't know it just it's so bad and then people will watch it just because it's bad and then they're just like feeding into this just to make money mm-hmm. and then that's when people have disrespect for the genre and I don't know. I'm all for rom-coms, like, fueling my own joy. And this did not bring me joy. (laughs) Sorry, Jacob Alordi. You're still beautiful. You scare me, though. So before you saw this movie, Mercedes, you had said that you never liked Joey King. And I'm curious, do you feel like walking into this movie, you had a bias? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of hers. I know she did great in the Hulu show. And I'm not, like, I didn't 
I don't want to critique her acting at all. I think really, like, I'm blaming the script for a lot of this work. Um, and yeah, I, she's not my preference, but I yeah. understand that and I respect it. Yeah. So I'm actually going to be swiping right. And the reason being is I can acknowledge the faults of this movie, but at the end of the day, it serves every purpose of a rom-com, in my opinion. It gives you the butterflies. You have the characters that you're rooting for. It follows your, like, your favorite rom-com tropes. And I also am just a fan of big, gushy, like, romantic gestures. And I always say I prefer rom-coms where you can see inside the relationship, and that's something I really appreciated about this. I really like being able to see inside of a relationship rather than the two characters, like, hating each other the entire movie, and then at the end they come together. I like that we can see how... Elle and Flynn kind of develop, even if it's an uphill battle, like it's a very slow uphill battle. And I also think in a past life, I was meant to be a teenager in the 80s because the fact that Molly Ringwald is here just like sets my entire heart on fire. And I have a really hard time, like, I don't know, kind of turning down anything that she isn't because I just love her so much. But I think the biggest part of this is I just like at the end when Elle is like, you know, I love him with every bit of my heart. And if you can't appreciate that, we can't be friends. I love that. scene. it just it gives me all of the butterflies. But again, I appreciate your take on this because it has opened my eyes because I, you always bring up stuff that I never think about or things I'm not aware of. And so you have opened my eyes and I appreciate that. So next time I watch this movie, I will be looking at it through that lens. I hope that helps. I always think of you whenever I watch any movie now where it shows in the relationship. Like I automatically think of you. So even in like their like montage of them together, I was like, I'm kind of just loving this right here. Yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely loving that. <laughs> Guys, we're going to move over to couples therapy. Mercedes and I just like to give advice for the couples on how they can improve their relationship. So I just have to say, negating the sequels of this movie, I think this is a high school relationship and you need to take it as such. As someone who has never, who like never had a relationship in high school, I just feel like it's important to see the worth of this type of relationship. I feel like high school relationships teach you how to follow your heart and subsequently learn from your mistakes. Um, They teach you how to make sometimes very tough decisions while also teaching you about what you like and what you don't like. I think both Elle and Flynn should be looking at their relationship more from a how can I grow and learn from you standpoint rather than a we're going to be together forever type of standpoint. But I'm curious what you think. I uh, Yeah, I definitely hear that. I think there's a lot wrong with this, with their dynamic. Both of these two have like disregard for boundaries <laughs> and that stresses me out. But also, like you said, they are teens, which comes with the territory, I think. But I just don't like that that's portrayed as something positive, the boundary breaking. And Elle accepts Noah's violence and anger anytime he ver- verbalizes his affection for her. And that just seems pretty dangerous to me. Plus, it's just like so embarrassing when a girl steps in front of her boyfriend and is like, calm down. Like, this Mm -hmm. isn't you when he's about to fight. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, could never be me. I've always cringed at that. Oh, my. I'm like, girl, get away from him. Are you serious right now? Like, talk to him later. Oh, my gosh. And Noah just needs anger management. His behavior is so pathetic. And there's just no way he's going to Harvard. No way. I know. <laughs> I'm like, they lied to you, sir. Like, this is not real. And their height difference makes me so uncomfortable. The, one of them is going to get scoliosis. Like, there's just no <laughs> way around it. You know what's so funny, though? So I did really, I went to a public high school and I did really well in high school. But I went to a private college. Syracuse University is a private college. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, gosh, there are a lot of, like, really stupid people here. But because they yeah. went to private schools, they actually had, like, really good education. Like, they were actually really smart, like, book smart. But they just weren't, like, 
street smart, I guess. And so I kind of looked at them for like being idiots, but then I was like, oh wait, you guys have like a private school education where like, this is probably easy for you. Like you're used to this. College was so hard for me. I struggled. I felt like all of my classes were so hard. I remember specifically taking this one class because everyone was like, it's the easiest A ever. I barely got by with a B. I barely, and I pulled like so many all-nighters for that class. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I just, I think I am of the same mindset when I'm like, oh, you're not going to Harvard. But then I also have to think <laughs> you're coming from a really good private school in Los Angeles. Like you probably are. And he's are so rich. He's probably legacy. Like we yeah. don't know his whole deal. Yeah. And he's probably going there to play like, what did he play? Football, lacrosse? Football. Yeah. I just, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> Such a mess. It's a whole thing. But what do you think their love language is? And these are physical touch all the way from the very beginning. <laughs> physical touch and quality time. Absolutely. I mean, but they're high, they're high schoolers too. Right? Exactly. That's what the else thing. are you thinking of? <laughs> what else exactly. Thinking of? All right. So do you think this couple lasts in five years? Again, negating the sequels. No, please. No, I don't. Want, I want him to like immediately break up with her. <laughs> I would say no. And, and that's totally OK that they don't last five years. They'll always be in each other's lives because of how close their families are, but they won't always yeah. be together. And I think that's fine. I think that's yeah. totally fine. Okay, guys, it's time for Heartthrob Mercedes. And I just like to gush over who we have a crush on in the movie. Um, I'm going to let you go first because you're not going to like my answer. <laughs> so as you can probably guess, everyone listening, I did not enjoy a lot of these characters. So I'm just going to go with the queen, Molly Ringwald. I love her. I loved her in Secret Life. And I loved... I loved her in this little surprise it gave me. <laughs> I do love Molly Ringwald. I am a huge Molly Ringwald fan. So let me just say this. I actually saw a TikTok video the other day that really properly explained this in a, in a way that I don't feel like I have the popular vernacular to describe. I actually really like hyper-masculine guys, but I think there is a fine line between being hyper-masculine and being like toxic masculine. Um, yeah. I don't like that to toe that line, but I do like hyper-masculine guys. And the reason being is because I want your energy to outmatch my energy. I have a very masculine energy in the sense that I'm very independent. Like, I'm very much like a go-getter. There are just things about me that come off a bit more masculine. And I want to feel, like, protected in the relationship. So I need you to have more of a masculine energy than me. And that's why I feel like I go for hyper-masculine guys because it's going to take a lot to kind of out- masculine me does that make sense <laughs> no i totally get it the, you want the balance exactly i would love the balance like i want to feel like the one who's like <laughs> feels like small and like taken care of in the relationship so that's why i really i like flynn for that reason because i feel like he would make me feel that way but i do agree there is a lot that inside that he needs to work on in order for it to be like a positive masculinity type of thing yeah oh, a okay. healthy healthy masculinity a healthy masculine okay perfect example is the husband from the Adams family. Everyone it talks about how he's a perfect example of of positive What's masculinity. His name Gomez. Gomez, thank you. Yes, I yeah. can't remember his name. Because he, he is great. He is great. He absolutely adores his wife. He loves his brother. He makes sure that his brother and his wife knows how loved and taken care of they are. Mm -hmm. He always like consults his wife before making decisions. He loves his children. He's ahead of the household. He takes care of everyone. But he also is like happy to kind of be like behind the curtain in the shower and let the people that he loves like take front and center. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great example. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. It's time for Mary Smooch Goes 
We have Noah Lee and the yearbook guy. Who are you marrying? Who are you smooching? And who are you ghosting? I have a bone to pick with that yearbook boy. <laughs> okay. My almost entire high school personality was yearbook. I was editor-in-chief. I took it way too seriously than probably anybody should. It was my life. I lived in the yearbook room and I lived for it. And I just, he sucks. I, I was like, <laughs> no, none of these pictures are getting in. Like the fact that you are taking pictures of a half-naked girl in your class, it's so inappropriate. The fact that he's taking pictures on his iPhone at parties where people are drinking and then being like, yearbook. Also, the yearbook is meant for candid photos, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get the DSLR out. Go Maybe go to like a lacrosse game. I just, I detest him. So yes. So I'm going to marry Lee. I'm going to smooch Noah and I'm going to ghost yearbook guy because I hate him. I hear you. <laughs> I am going to marry Noah. I'm sorry in advance. I'm going to <laughs> smooch Lee and I am going to ghost yearbook guy with you as well. Uh, thank you, thank you. Glad we got that sorted. <laughs> Guys, before we wrap it up, we always love to bring in a pop culture moment. I just have to say, I want to add this to the rose, but it doesn't have anything to do with the movie, more to do with the actors playing the characters. This whole cast is like under 25 and everyone is like married and engaged. It's so oh, weird to no. me. Joey King is 23 and she's engaged to like a 30 year old, which is fine. Oh, I didn't but, even know that. Yeah. But it's the fact that she's like 23 and she's engaged. Joel Courtney is freaking married. Homeboy's like, what, he's like 26 or something? Wow. Like he's married. Jacob E. Lordy's like dating some supermodel, of course. There's no surprise there. But I don't know why that's just like is weird to me. I'm like. Wow. <laughs> They're so young. They're so young. But then also, too, I don't know what is an appropriate age to be doing that. But when you know, you know. I just hope it lasts for them. That's all. Hollywood seems to marry young, though. That's very yeah. true. I wonder if it's because they feel like they've done so much with their lives. Probably. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. What about yeah. you? My little fact is mainly just a shout out to this YouTuber, Kenny JD. She has this series that I love called Bad Movies in a Beat where she does her makeup while she talks about a bad movie. And they're so good. And I remember watching all her Kissing Booth videos when they came out. And, like, she makes me laugh, laugh, laugh. I haven't watched those ones in a while, but, like, I can guarantee she's just hilarious all the time. And she has another one called, like, Good Movies in a Glam where she, like, raves about movies. She's so fun. I adore her. I would love to do that. That would be so fun. I have a lot, yeah. of, I have a lot of hot takes on, on movies. <laughs> and the listeners, we want to hear from you. What do you think about Kissing Booth? Is it your favorite movie? Do you feel like it perpetuates toxic masculinity? We want to hear your thoughts. Make sure to slide to our DMs at MeCute. Again, I'm Kendra. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Kenten Hollywood. Yes, and I'm Mercedes. You can find me at MercedesGV11 on Twitter, IG, and TikTok. And if you're looking for new rom-coms, follow MeCute wherever you listen to podcasts and follow MeCute on socials everywhere. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye.